There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Loneliness is a feeling that somehow we've been rejected in some way, that we can't quite make the connections, that, you know, seeing yourself from the outside in, whereas feeling alone aloneness is curating that time spent choosing that time spent on your own the things you've always wanted to do we'll start doing them and take yourself out and do them you know it sounds very simple but that's something that we run from we'll stay in bad relationships because we don't want to feel the lash of loneliness hello and welcome to the not perfect podcast my name is poppy jamie a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. Like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks, and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice, and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream, Visit Mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus, and move, or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. On today's show, we have Ryan Haddon, a life coach, spiritual mentor, hypnotherapist, writer, and speaker. I recently attended her workshop on finding your center, and it had a profound effect. I'm delighted she's on the show today to talk about centering our energy, growing resilience to triggers, and making sure we're meeting our needs and relationships. So with every podcast, we open with our three favorite questions. Ryan, what is your favorite quote at the moment? I stumbled across a good one. It's um, by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Learn to get in touch with the silence within yourself. And know that everything in life has a purpose. There are no mistakes, no coincidences. All events are blessings given to us to learn from. Why did you choose that one? Because it's um, something I've been living for a long time, of really Mm. curating and cultivating that stillness and knowing that the solution is inside and also that everything is unfolding for my highest good. It's a really hard place to stay. Because I think that the world tries to kind of tell us otherwise, even when just from, you know, personal experience, when I'm recounting a story that hasn't gone that well, a lot of the people around you will be like, oh, what a shame. Whereas to just flip that and say, well, how brilliant. I wonder what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. It's such a tiny shift that completely changes how you feel about something. And also what you're discussing is the master manifester. Mm. So when you have this feeling of expectation and hope, you draw that goodness to you like a magnet. So that's the perfect thing to say. Interesting. I can't wait to see what happens next. 
I can't wait to see what happens next. (laughs) Imagine how things would change for so many of us Mm -hmm. if that was our response to ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. What's the life lesson you've been reminded of recently? I think, again, it's just knowing that there's nothing out there that's going to solve it. When I'm in turmoil or I'm triggered or I'm agitated, I truly know whether it's, you know, I have teenagers and I have toddlers. So sometimes I'm straddling tantrums on both sides or drama (laughs) or chaos. And really, I understand that everyone's doing the best they can. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. With yeah. the tools that they have. Mm. And who do I want to be in relation to that? Mm. So I get to really deep dive into that in that moment, and it changes. But I also know that I am focusing on myself. And when that chaos or I'm feeling triggered, there's something within me that needs to I need to sit with. So usually the lesson is get quiet, get still, and then go back in. And I'm bringing a better version of me into it. How do you do that? Because it sounds, I think we can all agree that sounds great. But in reality, when someone triggers you, you're like, fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how does one keep that stillness while they are, you know, potentially in a storm of triggers? You know what? Sometimes you're powerless. Sometimes it happens. And those are those moments where you move into forgiveness for self and, you know, obviously making amends in that moment. Mm. But I think knowing that usually those triggers, if you're tuned into you, you can start to feel them come on. Mm. Right. That's that relationship to, to yourself that you're cultivating. And so you can start to feel that contraction. It's a physical. For me, it begins with the physical feeling of like tightness. And then the thoughts come, like a flood of thoughts. And sometimes you can get in between that and like wriggle in and sort of breathe, self-soothe, walk away. But knowing, I guess it's really knowing the life lesson is knowing I'm not going to fix it in that moment with that person. I do not have the tools in that right. moment to get heard, to have be understood, to um, see their perspective or see mine. So maybe it's just like, you know what, I'll be right back. That's really and we powerful. get right, and then I'll come back in. And so that, that recently came up, and, it, and it's working 
well at this time. That's a really powerful life lesson because I think so often we want to fix things then and there and you will not leave a situation even if like the energy feels really muggy or your whole body is tight just because there is this just desire to have some sort of conclusion in that moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that really resonates with me, this idea of kind of it's okay to take space and acknowledge the tools don't exist exactly in that moment. Right. And that's also understanding that when you're okay with the the disrupt, mm. that it has to be okay. Like, I don't need to build a bridge because as women, sometimes we're such great communicators for the most part, right? So um, I don't have to build a bridge. I don't have to understand you. You don't have to understand me. We can just let this be unresolved for a minute or two and just to sit with that discomfort. So another great quote a mentor said to me is um, emotional sobriety is learning to live with unresolved issues. And that's a good one. And unpack that a little bit for me. What does that kind of mean, emotional sobriety? So emotional sobriety meaning we're not at the, you know, being dragged around by our feelings here and there. Right. Right. So it's really having that steadiness and um, knowing that it's okay for you to not see my perspective. It's okay for things not to have a neat, tidy bow on them. <laughs> it's okay for us to have disharmony. It doesn't mean I'm not okay. It doesn't mean the love isn't there. So that's really for someone who's in recovering with trauma or codependence. Mm. And that's a powerful tool. How do you define happiness? Happiness for me is feeling that's that, that quiet within myself for me, really, truly. And just feeling even, feeling a connection to... You know, just really liking the skin I'm in, that, that for me is happiness at this point because everything else is circumstantial. I can't yeah. control and manage my unruly kids. You know, I can't make <laughs> right. things happen faster and I can only do the footwork and then I really just have to let go. Yeah. So the only thing I really have control over, and sometimes I don't because you can have that storm within. I don't want to make this like I've got this all figured out. It's a straight line. But my intention is such that the stillness is my set point. And I do get little pops here and there of different things, but ultimately that feels happy to me. That feels good. And then, you know, recently I was thinking about the difference between happiness and contentment. Mm. And they feel they have different qualities to them. Like happiness to me feels kind of goal oriented. Yeah. That it's dependent on what we assign to it mm -hmm. and how we define it in a moment. And that can change at any moment right? Because it's subjective. Whereas contentment feels like something that's cultivated. Yes. That it's a state of being that's independent from whatever life's transient conditions, because they are. Totally. A great one is just really practicing loving what is. I know you had a podcast on radical acceptance. Yeah. So it's that, right? Really moving into that space of, of just being good with what's happening. Maybe not the acceptance is not loving it, right? So I'm saying loving what is, yeah. but really finding that it's okay to be uncomfortable mm. and to find that, to find yourself within those circumstances and ultimately loving it. So knowing that you have this safe harbor within you that holds you steady, that feels like contentment to me and that you're okay no matter what unfolds. 
that is needs to be a daily reminder to all of us. It's okay to have a little bit of mess and um, and something that I feel we're conditioned not to uh, believe. So I would love to dive into your iconic workshop that I actually attended a few months ago, um, and it was so beautiful. I walked oh. into this room, and it was like walking into a different universe of just this kind of sense of peace and a group of amazing women and it's all focused on finding your center um which again is something that I haven't really thought much about probably because I'm desperately off center which we're going to find out a bit (laughs) more about now but what does it mean to find your center and how do you know if you've lost your center well I'd say that what a center is is having a deep and rich connection to yourself Okay, so there's a friendship there. There's a relationship, an agreement that it's going to get fucking messy. (laughs) And you're not always going to like the choices you make. But ultimately, again, that radical acceptance piece of that friendship that that's in place. And so it's steady. Mm -hmm. So that's a steady friendship. That's a steady connection. It's intuition led. Again, I'm going to say trusting the path that you're on, feeling that self-love knowing how to self-soothe, a connection with your own personal divine, and that could be within you and outside of you, something greater. We all have something greater we can connect to that's greater than us, right? Whatever that is, nature, love, a feeling, Mm -hmm. an animal, stars. There's just so much out there that way. And then sharing from that place of overflow, of wholeness, and giving from there. And then putting that relationship to yourself first, above all others. Now, that sounds like a bumper sticker, and it's easy to say, like, <laughs> I love myself. You know, but really, really, it's in every situation, how is this going to be for me? How am I going to feel through this? Is this the next right thing for me? And so that questioning isn't, doesn't always come natural to us. Certainly, if you're recovering from codependence mm. or you have trauma, we've been trained to walk in a room and read the room. Who do you need me to be? Mm. Who do I need to be so I can be okay, so I can fit in? And so I'm recovering from that myself uh, many years now. But turning the the focus inwards and not in a selfish, self-serving way because there was a time where I was dying of self-obsession. And that's the insecurity piece where it's like, what are they thinking of me? What are they doing of me? So I don't mean it in that way. I mean just that I'm just checking in in the most loving way like you would in your highest level of parenting, because we're not always there in those moments, but when you check with your child, how are you? How are you doing? Is this okay for you? So it's that. It's speaking to that inner child, if you will, if that feels more comfortable. But um, when I'm checking in with me, I'm checking in with my woman self. You know, my little girl, my little girl self doesn't throw shit fits anymore. Right. Um, because I've given her platform to speak and be heard for the most part. What were the practical things you did to shift away from outwardly looking to inwardly looking because I mean I definitely the the people pleaser gene (laughs) got it oh my god yeah yeah it's so ingrained what like I mean I've definitely struggled from just kind of thinking my way inward you know Mm -hmm. has it been meditation has it been like going for a walk or like what actual practice rituals and routines have you done to be able to create this kind of great sense of harmony inside the reason I'm saying, oh, my God, over here, because I, I don't know that I could pinpoint one thing. I just know that for me, I spent all my 20s and you know the early part of my 30s just 
so externally focused. Oh, my mm. God, Poppy. <laughs> just like, oh, I have so much compassion for my young girl self in that, those, those years because it was always looking to others for answers, mm. just not valuing and trusting my intuition because guess what? It always led me wrong. Mm. It always led me down the wrong path. So why would I, why would I trust that? Constantly getting rocked by life's ups and downs, stressed out, dependent on other people's opinions, how they saw me. You know, who, who, again, that dance of who do you need me to be? I can tap dance. I can be that. Um, the people pleasing, just totally lonely, just a general dissatisfaction and thinking, if I could just get that, I'll be fine. If I could just arrange this and life circumstances to suit me, everything will work out. So again, just that external focus and everything was just high drama. And whenever I got what I wanted, I was restless. Where's the next thing? Mm. So, you know, when you live in that state, because that is a vibration, that's a state of being that's so friggin' uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know, then other things, you have to pick up other coping skills to manage because that's, you're just so outside of yourself. You're so off your center. You know, um, you don't have a center. You don't know what a center is. You're not even interested. Like, I just want to feel good. And so from that impetus, enter drugs and alcohol, enter controlling and managing people, enter eating disorders, enter extreme codependence, and really crashing and burning with a lot of those things and coming to a place of having to dismantle all of the ideas of what I thought I wanted and needed, including my marriage, including um, a community, a position in Hollywood in, you know, with the highest level of like trying to be seen and masquerading on the outside to reflect the emptiness and the hole I had on the inside. So mm-hmm. I really have lived that to a degree and then some public shame on top of that of really, you know, making one small cry for help. If, if there is a w- different way, show me that way. And I had that in the darkest nights of my soul. And during that time, I did put that cry out and it all fell apart, you know, and, and I got to put the pieces back piece by piece. So that was 16 years ago. And so it's been a long journey, but I think because I had the grace of all those meditations of my meditation teachers, it kind of shortened, didn't preclude me from having those, those dark experiences, but it shortened it. And I got the lessons quicker. And so when I did have that, you know, dismantling moment where I had to give everything back, all the shiny things. I had this practical spirituality that started showing up for me. Okay, we're going to meditate every day. Mm -hmm. And these mentors showed up and I went through my childhood trauma. I did hypnosis, which is why I'm a hypnotherapist now, because it really works. And it unpacks the subconscious where all this, this part, this noise and static is happening and it doesn't align. And certainly with addictions and, and habitual thinking processes, I needed help. There's no way I could have done it alone. I would love your explanation of kind of how hypnosis has been healing for you. There's no way I could have unpacked some of the trauma that I had and the habitual thinking that those loop of thinking where you're building out this spiritual life, you're examining. I went through this blueprint for how to reconstruct your life, if you will. And there's no way I could have just done that on the conscious level. The subconscious just has these ways of dragging you back into old ideas and old thinking mm-hmm. and old tapes and old mm-hmm. you know, notions of success, love, money, power, security. And so by working with a hypnotherapist, really I could see shifts, small shifts start to happen. And things that used to bother me or used to really trigger 
just I'd notice it and I'd be like, wow, I'm, I feel better. Not triggered. It's not triggered. I can just, and I felt this evenness. And so that, I did a lot of other things, but I feel like that was a big piece in my puzzle. And I knew at that time I was going to become a hypnotherapist one day. Do you see working on the mind like working on the body? I did, and I didn't know that that's what I was doing back then. It was a very exhausting work, I'm not going to lie, because I'd notice a thought, I'd feel a feeling, and then I'd be like, why do I feel low? And then I, what was I just thinking? And then I'd trace back the thought, and I'd be like, wow, I just thought that I'm not, I don't look good today, mm. or I'm fat, or whatever, whatever that tape was yeah that was automatic and then I'd and then I'd stop that and I'd replace it with something else I am good enough and I love myself mm. and at first you know they, it sounds just like words but it it took hold and it took root so I was doing my own self-hypnosis and all hypnosis is self-hypnosis yeah but I was doing my own work on that level and I think it does get in after a while and then I was you know deeply I was in a spiritual community of like-minded people who had gone through what I'd gone through so that seeing myself reflected back at me. So there's lots of pieces and components, you know, and again, this practical spirituality, which I'd never been able to fold in. And I had these mentors who were teaching me how to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, lot of work, a lot of writing, a lot of Generally. really getting it out and then showing it to someone else. And really when I would do it, it was a sacred practice because we'd invite God in. And there was this part of me that had this idea, you know, I hope by saying God, it doesn't trigger yeah. anybody at all because... It's just a feeling. It's just some a spirit. It's just a yeah, a connection in my heart. You know, let's yeah. put it that way. Um, less of something abstract out there. And I think that's what got me tripped up before. It was like trying to people please this higher power, you know, yeah. which is impossible to do. So when I brought all my ugly and dirties in my writing with my mentor and bring inviting God in and being like, see this, this is who I am see me now and I even find that when I get triggered I have a five-year-old who's just adorable but dysregulated to the max that can trigger me and in those moments when I feel myself this or I'm like and I'm yelling at her I say to myself God see me now right it's to close that gap between who I present of who I am in some spiritual version of me and who I really am and I want there to be cohesion because that disconnect has led me down so many sad and darker roads that were necessary, mind you. But, you know, I want to I wanted be um, aligned. You wrote a beautiful article on loneliness. And um, I thought it was, um, it was such a unique perspective because you actually took a positive interpretation of actually how loneliness can be good for us and be of value to us. And as we are in a loneliness epidemic, it's being linked to deteriorating rates of mental health. Can you dive into a bit more about your positive outlook on loneliness? Loneliness is a feeling that somehow that we've been rejected in some way, that we can't quite make the connections, that, that you know, it's seeing yourself from the outside in. Whereas feeling alone, aloneness, is curating that time spent, choosing that time spent on your own. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's that it can be the same experience, but they're both just vastly different mm. to the person experiencing them. So it could be just a perspective shift. Right. Like I am choosing this rather I've been relegated over there and I don't have the life I want. It's like coming from lack. It's not enough. It's that same story. I'm not good enough. Nobody wants to be with me. And also it's 
what do I like to do? So again, we go back to this idea of friendship. How do I like to spend time? Like when I have clients come, how do you spend time with yourself? What do you like to do? And that's always like a head scratcher. Is there anything you've wanted to do? How can you take yourself out and enjoy that time? If you always want to make a list, if you always wanted to knit, I mean, you'd be, if, you, if there are things you've always wanted to do, well, start doing them and take yourself out and do them. Go take yourself out for a meal. Do, you know, it sounds very simple, but that's something that we run from. We'll stay in bad relationships because we don't want to feel the lash of loneliness. I love that reframing loneliness to aloneness and the joy of aloneness. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We've got to completely relearn spending mm -hmm. time by ourselves because, again, I've become more and more aware of just how conditioned we are mm -hmm. to be scared of these different states. To your point, like loneliness is this terrible reputation mm -hmm. to be feeling lack. So having more of, more of these conversations is just so enlightening. Um, one, one of my friends says uh, he takes himself on a date every mm. week. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> right. Like I thought, else yeah, just again, dating yourself. Like, yeah. why is that not a normal thing? But how lovely he gets to choose one thing he really wants to That's do right. and takes himself on a date. That's right. We're so conditioned to have, feel like we're not enough unless we're paired up, or we're not okay unless we're paired up in some way. Right. And so when you have that perspective, I guarantee that the relationship you call in next, if you're single, and you curate that time on your own alone. You will pull in someone who will value you in a different way rather than feeling the loneliness piece. Because then you're just biding time till that person comes in and you, you lower your standards and you just pull someone in because that's too painful to sit mm. with. So what are three things someone could do today to kind of edge closer to their center? Oh, breath work. You right. know, and what and do you breathe. mean by that? I mean... When you feel triggered, they say that by taking three deep belly breaths, you change the chemistry in your brain. Love. So that's, it's such an easy thing. So just remember to breathe. Sometimes I put on my phone reminders so my phone will go off. Breathe, breathe, connect to the heart. You know, so it's practical. I'm making my technology work for me. Would you mind uh, leading us through three big belly breaths now? Okay. So close your eyes. Feet flat on the floor. Put your hands in your lap so nothing's crossed. We just want the energy to move freely in the body. So through the nose, nice deep breath in. All the way down into the belly, the diaphragm. Hold and exhale. So it should sound like the ocean in the back of your throat. And that always helps me because I open the throat more. Let's try it again. Hold and exhale. And then relax the shoulders when you exhale out. Good. One more. Exhale. Nice. So that recalibrates. It'll change things around. Wow. So that's just one. And then I would say, watch your thoughts. How do you talk to yourself in a day? Write down 10 things you say to yourself on a loop so you really get a good snapshot of what's marinating in your inner climate. Where are you steeped in? How do you speak to yourself? So put those 10 things down, and then you can come up with the opposites. Mm -hmm. What's the direct opposite of that? And then those become your affirmations. 
right? So you curate that. So I'd say that. And then also meditation. Oh my God, everyone is, any per, any client that comes to me, you know, I try to help them set up a meditation practice. And everyone has this idea that if you're thinking, it's not working. Yeah. Right? But it's like, no, the mind is just off-gassing. It's just doing what it does. Yeah. So if you understand that, then just do five minutes. Set your timer for five. Five's better than none. And you'll work your way up. Five minutes of just, if it's, if you're coming back to the breath, five minutes of coming back to the breath, focusing on the breath, like we just did. Started out with those three deep breaths and then just let it find the regular rhythm for yourself. So those three things, I'd say. So I would love to kind of dive into the world of myth busting because I feel the wellness world can throw out terms that feel fluffy or confusing. And then you kind of read them and wonder what it means or how you kind of get there. Would you agree there's quite a lot of myths in this world and what myths um, in particular do you like to clarify? Can you explain what you mean by myths? If you if you drink CBD all day, your life is going to be cured. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. You know? Or like nothing's easy. Yeah. Like those kinds of things. Right. Yeah, like just those catchphrases. Right. Let's go into that. Nothing's easy. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, when I hear things like that, I say cancel, cancel, cancel. Mm. Because I don't want my subconscious to connect to that. So you see I'm vigilant. <laughs> I don't mm. want to take on any more in that way. So I recognize it. And instead of going, yeah, things aren't easy. And then I'll even say, things are easy because I show up prepared. I love this. So you just don't give the brain the narrative that you don't want it to go down. As best I can, as consciously as I can. I mean, obviously my subconscious has a, a mind of its own, but as best I can, I try to push back where I can. In fact, I had someone close to me who would say that all the time. And then I would call them out every time. Is that true? Is that true for you that nothing's easy? Mm. Do you think um, it's because we expect it to be easy, so we're always shocked by the struggle of things are can be challenging? Challenging isn't necessarily bad, but of course, you know, building anything or you know, working on a relationship, it's it. They can be challenging, triggering times. They can. It can. I think. I also have this understanding that another great quote I love is um, "self-effort and grace." are two wings of this bird. And so when I hear something like, nothing's easy, I remember I do the self-effort. I do all the footwork to prepare myself in whatever it is I'm going after. And then I turn the rest over to, to grace. I turn the rest over to the universe. Oh, I love that. So I can only do so much, but I cannot manage outcomes. I can do my part, and then if the universe is going to meet me there and do the rest, then great. So that's the surrender, and this other great quote of surrender to win. Mm -hmm. And so surrender implies to people when they hear that, they're like, oh, it's so distasteful. Um, I don't want to surrender because that's losing. But surrendering is so active, certainly on the spiritual path. It's one of the most proactive things you can do because you're working so hard with the need to control, the need to make outcomes just so, so I can be okay. Mm -hmm. And by surrendering, doing all the work to get there, not just sitting on your couch going, God's working this out for me, <laughs> but doing what you need to do and then letting go and trusting whatever comes is going to be just fine. And one thing you said in a recent video, which I would love for you to dive in further, um, what if the goal of being in a relationship is not to be happy, but conscious? <laughs> And I thought to myself, wow, I, for as long as I can remember, have been told relationships equal equals happier. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And suddenly I'm hearing a slightly different understanding of a relationship. Can you dive into that further? What if the goal of a relationship is not to be happy but conscious? Again, this idea of happy that it's an external thing, Mm. right? And so I'm not getting in a relationship to get my needs met. Mm. I'm not here. I'm not going to bring my best self. I've been married for 12 years. So I've had plenty of opportunities to arm wrestle with that and to, you know, find myself projecting, can you do this for me so that I'm okay? And thank God I have a conscious partner. I have a conscious husband. And he really will not let me manage him or control. (laughs) How about this? He's like, hell no. (laughs) So it works great. It's a great partnership. But this idea of being conscious, this idea of not looking for the leaning into the relationship to get your needs met mm -hmm, so that I can be okay. It's like, that's my job. That's my responsibility. And that's how I've really healed that codependent piece, I think, Mm -hmm. or healing. I'm still in process always. Um, is really just knowing that he can't do that. My kids can't do that. I have four kids. They can't do that. It's impossible. You know, you can keep having kids, and then you'll hit different needs here and there. (laughs) But it can't be done. No girlfriend can do that. That is my responsibility. And then to bring my best self. So I don't, you know, this idea that there's a sacred space between us. There's three of us in this partnership. There's you there's me. We're each doing our work. We're getting right with ourselves. And then there's the relationship with as a third entity, right? That's the common welfare. So what do we bring into that? How is this going? So we'll check. How's, how's our relationship? How's this fluid, you know, um, tangible? How's this, how's this going? What, needs, what does it need more of? It's like a garden. What, what does this relationship need more of and less of big 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 thoughts i mean it is so easy to slip into thinking other people are going to meet some of your needs and probably it goes subconsciously into our decision process Mm -hmm. of who we even end up with Mm -hmm. and i just sometimes i can go a while and i'm all of a sudden i'm hyper focused on what he's doing or not doing and and then i'm like oh there it is there it is. Back to you. Because it's a distraction. Yeah. It's like how it's like a, a mechanism to take the focus off of me and my life and what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. So I'm, the focus goes on, what are you doing? How, how are you doing that? Not making this relationship comfortable for me. Mm. And so like, bring it back. What am I doing? Mm. How am I managing that? Now, mm. if anyone's listening to this and there's even a small, you know, you're in a relationship that's not safe or happy or then this goes out the window, right? Right, 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 right. If it's not working, don't keep focusing on you. Get out, yeah. right? So, <laughs> right. Just to be clear. Yeah, in moderation. Yes. In a lot of your writing, um, you mentioned how thoughts affect our frequency. I would love a kind of, I suppose, a further explanation of that and how that works. Well, what I'm thinking is what I'm calling in. And so we have an energy field. And so whatever thoughts you're thinking, it creates a field around you. And it calls in that experience. So if I'm thinking I'm not enough, I'm going to keep calling in experiences that reflect that back to me continually. And it's very frustrating, right? So take a look at your life. Take a look what's going on in your world. What's working, what's not. Then look at your thinking. Dial it back to that. And that's why I said write it down because we don't always know they're so unconscious. And really just hone into that and get to know that. Pull up a chair, friend. Let's hear what you got to say. So it's really just that that com- that being a companion to yourself and sitting with your thoughts and taking a look at them and then, you know, speaking to someone else about it because you can't sit in that morass of, you know, thoughts that bubble up all the time. 
find a great hypnotherapist, find a good life coach. Like really don't, we don't have to sit in it alone, but you can start out that way. See how it goes. See if you can be conscious of your thoughts. See if you can notice if you can, by changing your thinking, if your world outside you starts to shift too. If you could tell every 18-year-old something, what would it be? You're your own companion throughout the whole life. Stay close. So lovely. And so lovely. I know it's amazing how we defriend ourselves so mm -hmm. quickly. And this is where, you know, especially you're such a powerful speaker and communicator on acceptance and forgiveness. I feel like this goes straight back into that, really. You have to look back. And, you know, you were going to ask me, I think, also, do I have any regrets or do I have, oh, my God, no. It's been such a beautiful journey. This has been a rocking great lifetime. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm push I'm turning 50 this year and I'm like, what a great ride. <laughs> All of it. And it's been, there's been, it's been, there's, it's been good, bad, wonderful. Like, it's just really understanding that there's a time and a place for all these things. And at 18, it's okay not to know. Mm. It's really okay to give yourself permission to just b bump along and not know, but keep trying to connect to you. That there's nothing out there, like I've said in this whole podcast, there's nothing out there that's going to fill that hole. Mm. There's nothing. It's you, girl, yeah. right? Or, or guy. Yeah. It's you. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it was very interesting what you said at the beginning about, um, you know, how you were, had that stage of your life um, when you were looking for the external to mm -hmm. kind of feed you. I definitely have been on that path mm -hmm. um, and uh, definitely still have moments where I kind of slip back into it. And I know that uh, the listeners, too, it, it's something that we oh, can yeah. really, really resonate with. And it's OK. It's so OK. Like there's no right way to be. It's just noticing it. And when it when you're there and you get caught up in it all, like it's Maya, it's the illusion of the planet, like the whole planet. We're living in a friggin matrix, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're spiritual beings having a human experience in a matrix and we're supposed to forget. Like that's we're not going to be in a cave and meditating. That's not the point of what we're doing here. But as often as we can, as we're in the matrix, enjoy it. Have so much fun with it. Buy the great boots, you know, <laughs> do go to the parties, be, but know who you are. Yeah. Like just click back into finding your center. Find that place within you that you can lean into when the shit hits the fan because it's going to and it does. That's part of the deal. Yeah. And when you find you're like way deep in the matrix, pull back out, you know? And so it's just that dance. Of going in and pulling back out. And by I mean pulling back, back out, I mean by dropping back into that place within you. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Mm, that feelings aren't facts. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that they come and they go. Just ride them. Let them, let them pass on through. They, they deserve to be heard. They deserve a place. They deserve a platform. And by, we can't push them down either. But it's also not being, you know, yanked around everywhere by them. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. And that happens with maturity. It happens with time. If you wouldn't mind finishing my um, sentence, I relax by meditation. The person I love most in the world is myself. When I feel insecure, I notice it. I talk to myself. I breathe. The first thing I do in the morning usually is try to connect to a place of stillness. As soon as I open my eyes, just try to connect to that. And then my cats. Because <laughs> they're usually right next to me. I'm grateful for? Oh, my whole life. Everything. All of it. Before I go to sleep, I? Repeat a mantra. Surround myself in white light. If I could do it all again, I would? Do everything the same. If you really knew me, you would know? I walk the walk. That I'm in integrity with myself. <laughs> 
I can't express to you how much I've enjoyed this chat. Me too. It's been so um, insightful. I feel I've learned so much. I feel it's been very healing. So really thank you for your honesty, I suppose. That's kind of really like the, the word that's, that's coming to mind. Now, how do we find you? Because I know um, lots of people want to reach out. Oh, good. And I hope they do. Um, I am on Instagram. So I'm at Ryan Head and Coach. And how do you spell that? It's R-Y-A-N-H-A-D-D-O-N-C-O-A-C-H. Um, this will also be in the show notes as well. And I also have a website. It's ryanhadden.com. So you can look for me there. And do you do online sessions for, for those that live in not America? So I work with people all over the world. Okay, great. And I even do hypnosis oh, over on, Skype. You guys got, yes. Oh, wow. It's powerful. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I do it Can't in person. I do it on Skype. And I do coaching from all over the world. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really oh, appreciate it. And hopefully, see. Yeah. Hope you see you back uh, soon. I would love to. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.